Hey, welcome to the Sober Vibes Podcast. I am your host and sober coach, Courtney Anderson. You are listening to episode 151. We have a great guest on today talking about the importance of nutrition and balancing brain chemistry in sobriety. Janae Lee Grace is our guest today, and she is an author, the host of the podcast, Alcohol-Free Life. She is also a coach as well, and she is a TEDx talk speaker. I think she might be our first one that we've had. Great, great, great conversation about nutrition and and how it helps in the process of sobriety and continuous sobriety. Now, I don't want you to think that this talk is all going to be like, you need to have this many portions, you can't eat sugar. It's none of that. It's really about adding in in making more mindful choices. Because listen, at the end of the day, when you do get into sobriety and you quit drinking alcohol, you will crave sugar. And if sometimes you just need a cupcake, okay? Just sometimes in life, you need to smash a cupcake and that is okay. But also too, to get you through the week and to make you feel the best, right? Making yourself feel the best doesn't mean that it's perfect, What's your idea of making yourself feel the best? Is that more water? Is that adding in some more vegetables to your day, right? So we talk a lot about that and how and the importance of nutrition and balancing your brain chemistry. You can also find all of Janae's information in the show notes below if you have not already taken advantage of the $50 discount for my Next Level Sober Support Self-Guided Program. Make sure you do that. That offer is valid until October 14th of 2023. Use code SOBER at checkout. The link is in the show notes below with all the details. Again, that's a self-guided program. It's all audio, like a podcast, so you can just sit there and listen to it. And it's good for anyone who's starting at day one up until six months. And you also have lifetime access to that. Okay. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Janae. Welcome to the Sober Vibes podcast. Hi. It's lovely to be with you. Fantastic. I'm happy that we are talking again. I was a guest on your show, so I'm glad you are now on the Sobervise podcast. I know, fantastic swaps. <laughs> yes, they they work out. Um, so why don't you tell us when you got sober? Yeah, so I never had a rock bottom moment. I was what we now know, that lovely term, gray area drinkers. I think I was definitely one of those for many, many years. And I, I was one of those people that would just go kind of round the block. And then I would have a period where I stopped just for a little while if I perhaps was on a bit of a health kick or whatever. But then I'd go back to it. And this really went on forever and a day. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the last period of time before I stopped drinking, which was almost six years ago, <laughs> I remember having some days when I would just think, this is utterly bizarre. It does not fit with who you are. I was quite well known at the time as someone who talked a lot about holistic living. I wrote, I'd written five books on holistic living. So I spoke a lot about mm -hmm. organic food and good mindset and looking after yourself. I was a Hay House author. And none of this fitted with this, what I knew was going on, which was that I was waking up at 3am hating myself. And just this voice in my head would say, what are you 
doing? How can you have, how can you have done this again? It was never so bad, you know, in inverted commas, that I had a hangover or a DUI or even missed a day off work. But I was under par the whole time and I knew it had to stop, but I was caught in that alcohol trap. So when I finally stopped, yes, it was the very end of December. 2017, so going into 2018. And thank goodness, I, that's my only regret. I'll start there. My only regret is that I didn't do this sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is often the case of yeah. everybody's regret, right? Like mm. when they have one regret, it's like, I wish I would have started this this sooner, but I do believe that it hits you when it, it needs to. Yeah. When, yeah. when you're ready, because it's such a lifestyle change. It is. And I obviously wasn't ready before, although I think, you know, I do think looking back partly, that's Mm -hmm. because I just hadn't been made aware of this concept of grey area drinkers. I didn't, I had no idea that there was anybody else who felt like I did. Mm -hmm. I only knew people on the surface who were seemingly completely fine. Yes, they seemed to drink a lot, but they seemed completely fine. I now realise they just weren't talking about it, just Mm -hmm. like I wasn't, but Mm -hmm. they seemed completely fine. So I thought of them as happy social drinkers, didn't have any kind of a problem. And then in my awareness, I vaguely knew of you know, a friend of a friend of a friend who was clinically dependent and needed rehabilitation. And I didn't fit either camp. I really didn't. So I had no idea that there was this middle ground. And certainly no one had ever told me that life is better without alcohol. That's the key, I think. So that's why the work we're both doing is is so important because we've got to spread that message. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because alcohol is the only, it's the one socially acceptable drug. Yeah, exactly. That, that we we have to still justify not taking it, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And that has yeah. been embedded and ingrained in society for decades upon decades upon decades yeah. upon decades. Yeah. Uh, how would you define gray area drinker? So I think a gray area drinker is somebody who is not at rock bottom, is not clinically dependent, but also is not completely fine. You know, it would be someone typically who is conscious now, aware now that they're drinking more than they want to. So they have periods of time when they think, oh, this isn't quite right. They've typically will have had periods of time when they've stopped successfully for a short or long period of time, whatever. They may not even be daily drinkers. They may be people who binge drink or whatever. And in terms of the how much are they drinking? Well, I think that's a huge remit. It might be that they're drinking a lot. It might be that they're drinking a couple of glasses of wine a week, but for them, they know that's too much. So, you know, it's a pretty wide berth, but it really is someone who doesn't fall you know, somewhere on that spectrum. I think it really is a spectrum mm-hmm. that we have here that we have to recognise. In the UK, we that spectrum is really not recognised, mm-hmm. certainly not by the medical profession. If you go, if you rock up to a, a GP, I think we spoke about this when I mm-hmm. chatted to you on, on, on mm-hmm. my podcast, but, you know, if you rock up to a GP and you are brave enough to say that you're a bit worried about your drinking, th- their mindset immediately goes to, oh, okay, are you clinically dependent? Are you at rock bottom? You don't look it, you seem all right, so you're not, therefore, end of, nothing to do, no need to do anything, no more, no further conversation, just have an alcohol-free day. <laughs> but of course, we know that it's a spectrum. And if more people could recognize this and recognize, hold on a minute, I'm somewhere on this spectrum, I don't have to wait till I get to rock bottom, you know, before I step off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do believe, I am a firm believer that we all 
whatever uh, end of the spectrum you are, because it's always the physical dependency that's looked upon. Like, well, you don't have this physical dependence, but I believe that all of us have some type of emotional dependence on alcohol. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. But they're not looking to address that either. (laughs) But yes, of course, which is why, you know, we find it a lot harder than we, you know, a lot of us kind of women who think we're fairly confident and successful and, you know, we're pretty good at knowing how to do stuff. Suddenly we find that we can't actually just stop. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as we thought it was going to be. It's not quite like just, you know, doing a juice detox for a, a couple of weeks. Suddenly it's a whole bunch of other things. And mm-hmm. we can often find ourselves quite surprised that we can't just stop. And, and right. then that's when we start going, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? We mm-hmm. forget to look at the fact that actually it's alcohol that's highly addictive. Well, yeah. we've been caught in that trap. Right. Well, and then plus two, if you bring it, you know, to your GP or to your therapist and say, I think I might have this. And then you have this figure who's this authority telling you, oh, no, you don't. You know, that's why the medical field needs to open their expansion just on on more of truly listening. Like, this is what your person's telling you and that it's not, you know, why would anyone just be like, oh, I have a problem. I think. No, exactly. Yeah, they should be congratulating us and, yes. but, you know, and saying, well, that's great that you've identified this, you know, and even if it's not their experience, you know, to be able to say, well, that's great you've identified it. And let's have a look where you might connect with people who talk about this stuff and how you can look for some support and some help and some connection you know, rather than right. just, oh, carry on drinking. It seems to work fine. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, and that's the whole thing because their perspective could be they, they don't their understand own. it. They don't get it. They could have an issue themselves and just like, no, you're good. Or they just, they think that alcohol really is not a problem. So yeah, exactly. There there needs a lot of help in that field. But so you have written a ton of books on, on wellness. Yeah. Yeah. So my first book was, uh, goodness, ever such a long time ago. I sometimes joke that I, I was writing about coconut oil and kale before they had their own publicists. Mm. I was way ahead of my time. (laughs) My first book, Imperfectly Natural Woman, came out in 2006. So I really was talking about a lot of the stuff that has become much more mainstream now. I mean, Mm -hmm. much more. But back then, it really wasn't, actually. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've been writing these kind of books for a long time. I've always found it very difficult to niche down to just one topic. And, you know, so many people have said to me, oh, why don't you just write a book or just do, you know, stuff around beauty, natural skincare and beauty? Or why don't you just do something around what? But, you know, I can't because it really is, for me, it's really the holistic picture, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is kind of the irony of why I, you know, why I was stepping around the elephant in the room that was alcohol. But it really is the holistic picture. I really think that you know, and often once we stop drinking, that's when we start to open up to lots of these things. But it really is important to notice what you're eating. Of course it is. And nutrition mm-hmm. is key. But it's mm-hmm. also important to know what's going on with your mindset, you know, and similarly what's in your environment. So for me, that word holistic, I, I don't love the word or anything. I don't know if anyone does, but, but it's the only one that really does in, include it all. Yes, absolutely. So share with us today about the importance of nutrition Mm. in sobriety and recovery. Yeah. I mean, I think this absolutely can't be underestimated. And I I think Mm -hmm. it's an area that a lot of people skip 
for a couple of reasons. One is that people might typically think, oh, you know, I think I'll stop drinking or I'll do sober October or dry mm -hmm. January or mm -hmm. one of those months. And if I'm going to stop drinking, oh, I may as well lose a few pounds in weight. Won't that be good? So, so I'll stop eating as well. Terrible, terrible idea. You know, number one, stopping drinking is about so much more than not drinking. It most certainly is not in any way connected to calories. So forget that. You, you are not going to lose any weight. Or if you are, you'll put it all straight back. So forget about that. That's absolutely a terrible idea. Focus only on, on, on quitting the booze. Focus on what, everything you're gaining. But number two, I think people often forget that the importance of properly taking care of, them, care of themselves <laughs> in those early weeks. Actually, the reality is we know that the more you have really good nutrition in place, the more it can help you to balance the brain chemistry. And when we first stop drinking, I mean, there's a lot going on, mm -hmm. both, you know, physiologically mm -hmm. and emotionally, there's a lot going on. So if we say, for argument's sake, that, you know, for the average gray area drinker, you know, the alcohol leaves the body after a few days. So we don't have really, particularly, we're not, we don't have physical cravings per se, but we absolutely have this physiological response whereby our brain chemistry is very confused because it's, if you can imagine there's a little person in there, it's saying, hold on, where's my dopamine hit mm -hmm. that you've been providing me with at 5.30, 6 p.m. every evening? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, where's my serotonin? You, mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're, you usually help me relax a little bit by now. What's going on? So it's literally all over the place. And, you know, there are a few things we can do to help support the brain chemistry, but by far the best thing we can possibly do is to help support that brain chemistry with really good nutrition. And what I mean by that is real food. Mm -hmm. So this isn't rocket science. You know, I'm not recommending that anyone has ridiculously fancy diets, far from it. What we're talking about here is nothing fatty. So if you are someone who typically has a very picky fatty diet, or if you're fasting for periods of time or whatever, this would be a really good time to forget all of that and really go back to basics just for four weeks, four to six weeks, just in that initial period to support you over this hump where your brain chemistry is so completely shot. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about real food, I, I literally mean real food and mm -hmm. preferably, you know, three decent meals a day, you know, three, eat, eat, eat properly. Try not to skip breakfast. The amount of people who skip breakfast, oh my goodness, it's so, so good know. for you to actually break your fast. That's mm -hmm. why it's called that, you know, yeah. but have real food and preferably it's so that you can build up some of those building blocks, have a little bit of protein with every meal. It doesn't have to be a steak, you know, a few handful of nuts, but a little bit of protein, which will really help to start to support the amino acids and it will just help everything start to feel better as well as good fats, hugely, hugely important. And in turn, when you start to do that will help you with what will almost certainly come flying in, which is sugar cravings. I want to share with you today about a new product that I love. Sober Vibes and Exact Nature have a shared mission, helping you get sober and thrive. Exact Nature's healthy, all-natural CBD products can help. They're made for changes in mood, 
focus, cravings, and sleep that can be a part of getting sober. Founded by a father and son, both in addiction recovery, they know these challenges firsthand and have created a line of products to amplify the hope in your journey. Exact Nature offers oils, soft gels, gummies, and creams. Detox for cravings, serenity for calm and focus, and Z's for better sleep. There are thousands of CBD products on the market, but only Exact Natures are made for those of us in recovery. I'm a big fan of the serenity. For 20% off your order, use code SV20 for 20% off your order at exactnature.com. That is E-X-A-C-T-N-A-T-U-R-E.com. The link will also be in the show notes below. You can use that code now and all year long. It's time to start feeling your best self and you can learn more at exactnature.com. Again, the link is in the show notes. I strongly recommend CBD to help you along your sobriety and recovery journey. Exact Nature now offers free shipping on all orders. So share with me about the sugar cravings. Yeah, so it, it, it's very typical. I don't know if it right. happened for you, but yes, it, 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 it happens for a lot of people. And in fact, it can carry on. You know, I've got people in the sober club who they'll say to, say to me, you know, I've been sober for over a year. And, you know, in truth, my sugar intake is just out of hand. And, you know, it, it, it's a big topic, the sugar one. So, <laughs> you know, I can't necessarily get into the whole of the sugar <laughs> thing now. But safe to say, when you first stop drinking... Trying to quit sugar, literally quit sugar at the same time is not a good idea. Mm -mm. Again, just like with trying to lose weight or even people who are stopping smoking at the same time, it's not really a great idea. Focus on the most important piece, which is stopping drinking and accept to a certain degree that you may get a bit of a sugar head on for a little while. Having said that, you really don't want to make yourself feel worse than you you know, already do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know that if you have ridiculous amounts of sugar, it's just going to make you sluggish and tired Mm -hmm. and exhausted. I mean, we just know it's not good for us. So yes, accept that because the brain chemistry is all out of whack, because you're not getting your sugar hit in inverted commas in the form of the wine you were probably consuming, (laughs) you probably are going to get a bit of the cravings. Accept that and have decent, in inverted commas, sugar swaps. So yes, accept that you've got a, you may have a bit more of a sweet tooth than before and prep ahead for that and do it with, you know, with a little bit of kind of TLC in mind. So you can think to yourself, okay, well, what would actually nourish me here that will also sort out my sweet tooth? So quick examples are things like dates. If you get dates and you pop Mm -hmm. them in the freezer, they're just great. They taste like little chocolates. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you have some squares of dark chocolate with a couple of almonds, it's a real treat. If you have, Mm -hmm. you know, a few nuts with a few, I don't know, raisins or, I mean, that's the healthy version of of this stuff. And then for the times that, you know, you just need a biscuit, have a biscuit. You know, it's not the end of the world, right? Right. It really isn't the end of the world. Try not to have 18 donuts because you'll feel terrible. But have what you need to have. Just be a little bit bright about it. But if you realize, if you think to yourself, okay, so realistically, 
if I'm completely satiated with a really good meal that's had got lots of really good fats, if you've got loads of great, great fats like avocado or you've had really lovely eggs and sourdough bread and, you know, whatever else you eat, after a meal like that, if it really is a proper satiating meal, you often don't fancy really rubbishy sugar. Yeah. So it's it's all about putting in more of the proper nutrition so that you've got less craving, you know, for the for the sugar. Often, you know, when we crave wine in the middle of the afternoon or whatever, when we, we first stop drinking, it's not that we're craving the wine at all. It's that we just want a sugar hit. We're, just, yeah. we're either hungry or we want a sugar hit. Mm-hmm. And a, a really great tip is to make a green juice. If mm-hmm. you go and make a green juice or a smoothie, I mean, nobody, but nobody fancies alcohol after that <laughs> or even rubbish sugar after that, right? Yeah, so I, just, I do have sorry, to say sorry. lately, I've, I've just something that I've just done personally and I like them more in the summertime, but so now we're coming up in the fall, but for, I don't know, I'm probably at like two, two months straight at this point of having a green juice in the afternoon. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, green smoothie. And yeah. it has really honestly helped me. Like I have not felt any type of where I'm like, oh my God, I'm craving mm. sweets like I did yeah. before. So I have noticed something of the consistency of that. Yeah. You know, Fantastic. So. It, it, mm-hmm. it is. It's such a cool tip. And mm-hmm. if you know you're going to have that coming on, then make some, make a batch mm-hmm. and pop it in the freezer or whatever. Because it may, because you know it's goodness. It's straight to the cells. It will mm-hmm. give you a real lift, a real pick me up. Yeah. And you don't want sugar after it. So that's yeah. that's you know that's the great thing. The other important thing, just to say quickly on the mm-hmm. sugar front, is that you know we tend to forget that often when we crave sugar, rather like with alcohol, it's nothing to do really with the food at all. Or mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a better question to ask ourselves would be. Is it that I'm looking for sweetness in my life? Is it actually the sweetness I'm craving? And if we can kind of acknowledge that, then sometimes we can go, ah, okay, maybe there's something else I could do here that will give me a little bit of sweetness in my life. Perhaps it's not about consuming anything at all. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. So what would be your three tips really on on balancing the brain chemistry? Yeah. Once so you I'd quit say, drinking. Yeah. So so I'd say right right from the very beginning, you know, prepare to eat really well. So ditch the diets, make sure you've got your online shopping or you can get to the shops. You're going to need proper food. So if you're working really long hours, prep your meals. So literally prep ahead. Three meals a day, ideally. Proper food, a little bit of protein with every meal. That's the real basics. Then the next one is get yourself genned up on some of these sugar swaps, some of these cool little ideas, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's making nice smoothies or making yourself some little energy balls or mm-hmm. even just investing in the best dark chocolate you mm-hmm. can find. So think, you know, give a little bit of time to the kind of sugar piece. And then the third tip would be to make sure that you've got something that, you know, goes in place of the alcohol. So, you know, my expression is keep the ritual, change the ingredients. Mm. So, you know, we are going to want something. Often we get in from work and, you know, the other people around us or our partner, they're chinking a glass. And and if we just have a cup of tea, it just doesn't cut it. You know, we kind of think, oh, you know, there's a little bit of us that feels as though we're deprived. So 
have something in a nice glass. It might be sparkling water. It might be mm-hmm. an alcohol-free drink if that's something that you want. It might be a kombucha. But have something in a nice glass so that you help that little part of the unconscious mind to not feel deprived. I love it. Those are great tips. And I, I do have to say, and I still do it during the holidays, you know, I don't drinking out of wine glass does not trigger me. And especially early on during the holidays, I would just get this, it would be like a ginger ale cranberry mix. And I would put it in a wine glass when I would yeah. be baking during the Christmas season. And totally. I, it, I, I loved it. Felt yeah. good. I know? mean, it's utterly crazy when you think about it. It is. A glass, a, gla- <laughs> a piece of glassware needs to be named after a drink. How crazy is that? We need to take this, take back control, <laughs> rename them, right? <laughs> right, exactly. No, I know. But I mean, those tips are, and those tips are easy to yeah. do. It's not overwhelming. You're not giving like, a, you know, this type of advice where it's like, oh, that sounds yeah, too exactly. much. It's very easy. And then plus nowadays, like just with simple, uh, like baked goods and stuff, you really can now with, you can switch out ingredients where there's better ingredients of it. And it just, it's so much better where then you don't feel like complete garbage within hours of of eating it. So (laughs) I have this great recipe if anyone wants it, I will actually link it to the show notes, but I, they're these little blueberry muffins and they're all, it's all clean and it really does help. So I will link that. I call them my mama muffins for my son. So he loves them, but it works. It works. So great. Well, where can people find you? Thank you so much for all of this information today. It is very uh, helpful and I know the audience will love it, but where can we find you? Sure. Yeah. Everything is at thesoberclub.com and you can find me on social media at Janie Lee Grace. I'm quite easy to find. Mm-hmm. And you have your own podcast as well. So I will link I do. That. Yeah. The podcast yeah. is Alcohol Free Life. Yeah. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for being a guest. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I will link everything in the show notes below. And thanks so much for talking to us today. Thank you. I appreciate it.